Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we live in a world of darkness. Help us to understand the power of your light. Your light is the answer for life. Your light is the answer for eternity. Help us never to take that light for granted. We praise in your name. Amen. Is there something different going on here this evening? What is darkness? It's the absence of what? Of light. I want to read to you some scripture. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. He separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Where did light come from? From God. God said, let there be light. This is the first day. Now, what's interesting, I want to read to you what happened on the fourth day. And God said, let there be light in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark seasons and days and years and let them be lights in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the great light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the expanse on the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, to separate light from darkness, and God saw that it was good, and there was evening, there was morning the fourth day. Here's my question. The sun and the moon were created on the fourth day. Where'd the light come from the first day? Where'd that light come from? Now, I want you to think about that, because we're going to get to it at the very, towards the end of the sermon. Because I'm going to take you through some scripture that talk about light, starting in Genesis and ending at the end of Revelation. So I want to encourage you, if you want to take out a Bible, you can follow along with some of these scripture. And I'm going to answer that question at the end. But this is what I want you to do today. As we go through these scriptures, I want you to be thinking about what does it mean that Jesus is the light of the world? What does that mean? Now, before I go in the next verse, in fact, you want to turn to page, you know, or actually 962 in the, um, the Bibles, 962, to Psalm 119, verse 105. I want to talk a little bit about the sun. So the sun is 93 million miles from the earth. Does the sun move? No. It's kind of staying still. What's moving? The earth, Okay. We're, we're um, rotating at 1,000 miles an hour, approximately 1,000 miles an hour, a little bit more than that, actually. That's pretty fast, isn't it? I think we're going that fast. Can't even feel it. And that's what creates the, the day, day and night. We're revolving around the sun. It takes 365 days to revolve around the sun. We're moving at close to 
40,000 miles an hour in revolution. And so when I think about that, I wonder, why aren't we sick? I mean, when I go to the Disney World and I get in those teacup things, ever see those teacup things that go in circles and go, I get sick every time I go on one of those things. And that's, that's maybe going like 10 miles an hour, you know? Moving 1,000 miles an hour one, one way and, and 40,000 miles an hour another way, it's incredible. And do you realize that the, the sun in one second gives off more energy than mankind has produced since the time of Adam and Eve until now. In one second, the sun puts out that much energy. And what does the sun do? For one thing, we mentioned it provides energy. It also provides gravity to hold us in place so the earth doesn't go flying off into outer space and we'd be destroyed. It also gives light. As I thought about those analogies, I think it really ties into to what Jesus does. I want to get back to a little bit later in the sermon. And something else, too, that I came across this last week while reading is, is um, how God made our eyes to observe, and light provides imagery for us to see. Our eyes are made of protein, and protein is supposed to be opaque, okay, solid. If our eyes were like most protein, we wouldn't be able to what? See. But God made the protein of our eyes in such a way that they're transparent, allowing us to have vision to be able to see. And I can't believe that people actually think that we evolved from rocks in outer space when you think about the complexity of some of these things. In fact, even scientists have a hard time truly understanding what causes light and what causes energy or even what causes gravity. The most brilliant people in the world are having a hard time grasping how those things truly happen. Now, in Psalm 119.105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light for my path. So we see that God's word is like a light. It gives direction. Jesus is a fulfillment of that word. So if Jesus is the light of the world, it makes sense that his word also is a source of light and direction. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 9, verse, or page 1072, 1072. This is a scripture that we have pretty much every Christmas. 1072, Isaiah 9, verse 2. It says in 9-2, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A light has dawned. Then you jumped over to verse 6. What is the source of this light? It says, For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And I want to point out that that is, you know, an Old Testament Trinitarian verse. Okay, some people think the Trinity is not mentioned in the Old Testament. That's Trinity right there. Who's mighty God? He's everlasting Father. He's Prince of Peace, who is Jesus. He's Wonderful Counselor, who is the, the Holy Spirit, the source of light. We're going to jump to the New Testament. Let's go to next to... Um, John chapter 1. It's on page 1,645, 1,645. As we're doing this, we could be spending hours going through the, the verses on light. There are so many. I'm just kind of hitting some of the key ones. 
1,645, John 1, verse 4. And it says, In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. This world of darkness does not understand light, does not understand Jesus. But yet, he's the answer for this world. We're going to go to, to John 8, 12, 1662. Again, our text for today, 1662. John 8, 12. And it says, When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Does that sound like a pretty good thing for us? If we follow Jesus, leading people to follow Jesus, we will never live in darkness. Well, purpose, well, meaning at all times. It was interesting, if you look through the rest of that section, the Pharisees start challenging Jesus and saying, who are you to say um, that you are the light of the world? Because you have to have two witnesses, you know, to, you know, basically for a testimony. And what does Jesus say? Well, there's me and there's who? My father. <laughs> so we count. Um, and so basically he's, he's on his own behalf saying who he really is. And that's the thing about the series is, is you look back from the very beginning and Pastor Jeremy kicked out the series and, and, you know, God has revealed himself over time. And, you know, for Moses, you know, Moses is supposed to go to, to Pharaoh and, and, and Moses says to God, what should I tell Pharaoh who you are? And what did God say? I am. <laughs> I am who I am. Okay. And what we've seen over time is, is God has revealed himself more and more, and, and there's so many layers with the light. And that's why I want to give you a number of verses, and I want you, in your mind, to figure out what is God telling you that this means, that Jesus is the light of the world. And I want to take you to a couple other ones. Um, page 1524, 1524, the Transfiguration, Matthew 17. Verse 2 and following. Remember that Jesus went with Peter, James, and John up this, this mountain, and there they also meet up with Elijah and Moses. And we see what Jesus looks like in his glorified state. In 17, verse 2, 1524, page 1524. There he was transfigured before them, his face shone like the sun. And his clothes became as white as light. So imagine what they saw. You know, any reason why Peter was kind of stumbling over his words and saying, you know, let's make a tent for you. There's in this amazement seeing Jesus in his glorified state, his face shining like the sun. Then we're going to jump to Revelation. Page 1913. 1913. Chapter 1. Verse 16. 116 Revelation on page 1913. And we see the imagery that John, the same John who wrote the Gospel of John in our text for, Gospel text for today, what he sees when he sees a vision of heaven. 116. In his right hand he held seven stars. 
and out of his mouth came a sharp, double-edged sword. What's symbolic of that that double-edged sword? The Word of God. Law and Gospel. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. And now, to the end of Revelation, chapter 22, on page 1938, and we're going to get the answer for what was the light those first three days of creation? What was the source of that light? 1938, 22, verse 5. What's it going to be like in heaven? Here's a heaven image. There will be no more at night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. So what's the answer to the source of light? God himself. And someday we're in heaven, there's not going to be the sun to give us light. It's going to be God himself emanating the source of light for us. And now, what does this mean? One last verse, and then I want to kind of wrap it up. And I want you to think about what God is revealing to you through this. Matthew chapter 5, page 1501, 1501. Matthew 5, verses 14 and following. This one's written to us. One five zero one five fourteen. Let's read this one together. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Now, how do you pull this all together? Now, I was thinking about going back to the analogy of the, the sun. The sun provides gravity which holds us in place. And God in his love, Jesus in his love, he holds us together as his church gathers us and and keeps us together. The sun also provides energy, unlimited energy. And we see that all things are possible through Christ, that the energy that God can provide for us is, is beyond what we can possibly imagine. And all the energy we have to live each and every day, but sometimes I think we underestimate what God can do through us with his energy, with his power. And the sun also provides light. And with that, we have clarity. We can see things. And if it wasn't for God, for Jesus, we would be living in complete darkness. You know, then he also, in Genesis, it talks about the moon. And the moon is really not a light itself. Why does the moon shine? It reflects the light of the sun. And as I'm thinking about that, it occurs to me that God calls upon us to be like the moon, okay? To let your light so shine, to let his light reflect off of us and to those around us. This world is truly living in darkness. Everything in life is darkness. The only true light is in Jesus Christ. And that's why it's so important for us to to be in his word and to be filled with his spirit and to keep growing our lives of worship because as he fills us more and more with his light, the more it reflects. And I truly believe that light and love are synonymous. 
that what this world needs is love. And Jesus showed his love in coming to this world and and dying on that cross and and rising from the dead for us. And, And because of that, we have purpose. We have direction. And we have a light that's leading us through this life on towards heaven. But in the meantime, we are called to be reflectors of that light. And so as I conclude this this sermon here, I want you to take a couple minutes to pray. And I want you to be thinking about, you know, I've shared with you what it means to me, some things, but I want you to think about what does it mean for you that Jesus is the light of the world, what it means to you as far as your relationship with him, but also what that means as far as how we should be living our lives. So please take a moment to pray. Lord, we are soon to head out to a world of darkness. It is getting dark outside. Not just physical darkness, but there is spiritual darkness out there. And the answer for life and eternity is in you, Lord Jesus. And you are the light. And the only way to get rid of darkness is with light. And we pray for your light to spread more and more around our community, our state, our nation, our world. You've chosen us to be like the moon, to be reflectors of that light. Lord, help us to let your light shine. Help us to let your love flow. And we pray that we will never take this gift of light for granted. We thank you, Jesus, for being the light of the world. In your name we pray. Amen. This time the offering will be received. You please sign the registers in your rows at this time as well.